Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. We're really glad to be with you, and we have a special guest today. And you know we like to have him on as much as we can, and that's Tom Rents, Attorney Tom Rents. He used to represent the frontline doctors. He's now kind of all over the place in what he's doing and taking the legal fight and really the activist fight to the enemy. And today we're going to be talking about the part of our life that's under attack. Wait a minute. It's all parts of our lives that are under attack. And we're going to do a summary review of this. And I think this could be overwhelming because you'll just say, okay, could there be anything else? And then there'll be something else. So... Be prepared, buckle in, because this is going to get your attention. But before we join Tom, we have to take care of a little business. We are having our food supply systematically choked off. And the evidence is there for anyone who has eyes to see. So I'm not going to go into detail. We are still offering storable food at MPS. And I have to tell you, most of our competitors are gone. They've either sold out to the government, they've gone out of business. There's a few left, and that's good, because we can't do it all ourselves. And once they completely choke off the supply chain or collapse the dollar, we can't guarantee anything. Now, right now, the prices are the same. They still have the same sales with the same quality of food. Go to preparewithdave.com while you still can. Preparewithdave.com. And with roving blackouts, gosh, I can't believe we're listening to this garbage and putting up with it. But roving blackouts of an undetermined nature and length. And so, therefore, if that happens and it's any length of time, you're going to have to scavenge water, so you need water filtration. Water with Dave is the best way to go. Now, they've already sold out once. They found some in the supply chain, and they made me the exclusive vendor for the entire nation. But I'm telling you, they will run out, and when they run out, that's it. And this is the best filter in the country, the Alexa Pro Pure Water Filter. If you go to waterwithdave.com, you'll see the research. You'll also see the fact they haven't raised prices, and they, too, like my Patriot Supply, they have a sale. That's incredible in this economic environment. And one last thing. You know I went from just being an advertiser to a customer of Noble Gold. If you keep your money in the bank as is and you do business as usual, as we've done for decades, be prepared to lose your money in the bank. And when the digital system arises, they don't like something about you, they'll take your money. They're also going to control how you spend your money. This is why Latin America is running away from digital and going gold-backed. The conflict in Ukraine is about this. 
And right now, Noble Gold can take Americans' income, and they can get you outside the system to a large extent. I don't know if we can totally be outside the system, but with gold, silver, backing your IRAs with gold, because if your bank fails, your IRA fails, you lose everything, well, they can back it with gold. And if you follow the Noble Gold plan, like I have done, and I've done four tweaks, and we're getting ready to do another one here in a few weeks, if you do that, you have a good chance of having a softer landing and maintaining some economic freedom. So go to goldbeforelate.com. That's goldbeforelate.com, and they'll send you free material. Or you can call them directly at 877-646-5347. And don't forget about our TV show at thecommonsenseshow.tv. We're kicking butt and taking names with expert guest books, and you really like what we do. Um, Tom Rance really needs no more introduction than I already gave him. You all know who he is. He's a household name. He's uh, been on the Clay Clark tour, and uh, we bumped uh, heads in uh, New York. I was at Dunno Phoenix. It was in Phoenix, and we both uh, had presentation roles. And, uh, and I'll tell you, Clay Clark thinks the world of this man, as I do, as America does. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. Always appreciate the time you give us. Uh, I'm, I'm always happy to be here, Dave. I really appreciate you having me. Well, Tom, I kind of said it all in the intro based on our pre-air discussion. There really is no area of our life that the globalists aren't attacking. And, and some of the attacks are just mind-boggling. I mean, I, I thought the other day here, my, my father passed in 1985, and if he came back right now, and he was in naval intelligence, he had privy to a lot of knowledge about a lot of things, he could not believe what's going on. So let's just take it systematically. Let's just go through your laundry list. If people have been living on a remote island, how are we being affected? Boy, uh, I mean, it, it is. It's so comprehensive and you know just i was thinking about this when you were, you were talking about your sponsors and you know you, you talked about food food supply it's under attack our our uh, dollar you know our financial system all under attack you've got the inflation we've got gas we've got our children we've got our families we've got the second amendment we've got uh, the first amendment I mean, wherever you go, we're under attack. We've got, you know, the, the continued war on the, the health care system. We've got energy supply issues. All of these things are coming, and they're hitting us from a lot of directions. And, you know, we're still, we, I think the American people, I think we're still trying to recover from, from the blow that was COVID. You know, I mean, people are still trying to figure out, wait a second, did I really just get locked in my house? Did I really just get told I have to get a, wear a mask? And before they can actually regain their footing, we're going to get hit with the next ten things. You know, mean, uh, meanwhile, you know, we've got things going on. I mean, I think if I was going to start somewhere, one of the things that's most shocking to me because I'm a dad is what they're doing to kids. You know, I mean, we see the shooting in, in Texas, which is a tragedy like I can't even fathom. Well, I mean, first of all, how is it, Dave, that we can spend $40 billion that we don't have and just print it and send it to Ukraine, but we can't afford locks on doors in the school or to hire an armed security guard? 
former uh, DHS agent uh, Doug Thornton, one of my broadcast partners on the Doug and Dave Intel Report. Um, Doug and I did some math on that question, Tom. It's such a good question. We estimate that with the public schools, that $40 billion could be turned into uh, 10 police officers at each school, and you could literally make each school a mini police substation and have real community policing and quicker response times. Uh, and and that's it's so doable. And yet at the press conference, when uh, Biden's new press secretary was asked a question by Peter Ducey of Fox News, does the president take responsibility for not wanting to harden the schools? And she said, no, not at all. We have no intention of hardening the schools. We simply want to go after the guns we think are most dangerous. So they don't care about the kids. No, not at all. Well, and, and you know, we, we can look at this from a couple different directions, right? So when we talk about what's happening with kids, you've got the cause and the effect. You know, the effect being the, the, the shootings and things like that. But what's causing this? Why is it? I, I, I mean, going back to the various school shootings, it's always a young male. Every time, it's always a young male. Well, why is that? Well, they always have a mental health issue. We know that we don't have any sort of a mental health system in place. Uh, but why do they have mental health issues? Now, when I was a young man, we had, uh, uh, even in songs, what was it, uh, was it Beastie Boys? That school's been blown to pieces, you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, you, if you talk like that now, you're going to get arrested. They had a song. Because it used to be the running joke, oh, I hate school, I'm going to blow the boys up. But no one would actually do such a thing when we were kids. They just talked about it. What's changed? Well, from birth, you're told that, that if you're a boy, there's something wrong with that. You know, boys wrestle, they, they fight, they do things that boys do. Well, apparently there's something wrong with that. So, you know, boys are told, don't be a boy. If you being a boy is wrong. Meanwhile, we're being told societally that if you're anything but a normal boy, that's fine. We should accept who you are. But if you're a boy, we shouldn't. So we've got that. We've got CRT. Every, there's always division. You've got to hate someone because of the color of their skin or because they're different here or different there. So we're shoving this down little kids' throats, kids who are not old enough to understand what's going on. Now you throw in the transgender and the sexualization and the, the grooming that's occurring. I mean, listen, we could do a whole show on every aspect of the war on freedom that's occurring, but just looking at what's happening to our kids, it's no wonder these kids have mental issues. It's no wonder they go, you know what, Dave, you probably remember this. And maybe it was different at your school. When I was a kid, uh, you know, if we if I had a, some other boy I didn't like and we got had had an issue, we'd you know we'd have a fight in the playground. Uh, we'd we'd beat each other up, and by the end of the recess, we would shake hands and move on, and that was it. And there was no, you know, swallowing your anger until you lose your mind. It was just you dealt with it and you moved on. But now, we just tell these kids you can't be what you are. Unless what you are is, I don't know, a boy that thinks he's a girl. Um, and, you know, you've got hate everywhere. I mean, we're really destroying our children. 
the war on our children is one of the most comprehensive aspects of the war on America in my mind. And I think that they've, if you don't understand why this is happening, you just need to take a good, solid look at what we're doing to our kids. No, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, but with regard to the, uh, I, I, gosh, there's so many ways I could go on this answer because I had about three or four responses in my head. The bottom line is, is when we look at these shootings, I, I, this is where I want to go with this. Uh, Doug Thornton again, uh, and he's taught tactical training um, to DHS agents when he was in the agency, and uh, he he and I have dissected uh, these uh, shootings, the school shooting and the supermarket shooting in Buffalo. And I'll just throw this one fact out that people just don't know, but it's documented. Uh, this kid, Kendron, um, they painted him as a white supremacist, but his best friend was a female who was Hispanic and her, uh, uh, no, a male who was Hispanic and his girlfriend was uh, black. And he was playing video games, violent video games, which could actually improve your shooting. And there were no less than six different FBI agents that were in there with him in the chat rooms. That's not a coincidence. No. Well, I mean, this is documented now, and we had already taken apart the shooting. Um, We just said, if he wanted to kill black people, he didn't have to travel three hours to Buffalo. He could have gone an hour up the road to Syracuse and accomplished the same thing. And the security guard he killed just happened to have a patent pending for water carburetor that he was using on his own Ford 150. Uh, I mean, there's so much smoke there. So not only do we have the attacks upon us, but we think we're seeing false flags perpetrated against us designed to get our guns. So let me ask you this question as an attorney. What motive do you think this administration would have for creating the environment where America caves in and gives up their guns? Well, I mean, there's there's literally no reason to ask Americans to give up their guns unless you want to change America and you're worried about the people fighting back. I mean, there, there is no good reason. The guns, you know, they're, they're a non-issue. They're something that, that you, first of all, cannot get rid of. The only thing that we can do with guns is convince foolish law-abiding people who are gullible to give them up willingly. But the criminals, I, I, I just did this, I think I did this, I don't remember where I did this analysis, but I broke this down and I, I told so much. So listen, as an attorney, I've gone through this in great detail. And I found something that was truly shocking related to the law in this shooting. The, the, the kid that shot all these people, he broke the law when he shot them. Oh my gosh. I mean, so, they, we're gonna, what they've there's, their theory, Biden's solution to stopping people from breaking the law is to pass a law. How does that make sense? It doesn't. I mean, Listen, Biden's solution to someone who's willing to get a gun and go shoot children in a school, his solution is to say, uh, well, you're not allowed to go get that gun. Does he? How does that make sense? It, it, it's absolutely... 
identity. This is all about, you know, can we get these guns out of the hands of the people? Because those pesky guns, that pesky Second Amendment, is the reason that the First Amendment exists still. It's the reason that the rest of the amendments. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. We already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water. With Dave.com, that's waterwithdave.com. Save $80 for a short time. Still exists. You know, it's the reason that we've never been invaded on our shores. It's the reason that we didn't lock down like Australia did. It's because the people wouldn't tolerate that. They know that, and they also know the people have too many guns and too many bullets, so they want to take our guns. you know, but it's just part of this overall war on America. Can you get the people to willingly give up their freedom with the single most important freedom along with speech being the right to bear arms? Because if you get rid of free speech and the right to bear arms, there's nothing to stop you from losing the other ones. All the other rights are, are going to fall after that. And it's not that the other rights are less important. It's that those two rights are the ones that are foundational to protecting all of the rest. Yeah, I agree. Well, they don't want us to have a First Amendment. 
because they don't want us to warn each other about what's coming, what's going on. And the Second Amendment would be we could organize against it. Thomas Jefferson, you know this better as I as an attorney, he was quite clear on the Second Amendment. He said, you know, we don't necessarily need the guns for the French and the British, which would today be Russia and China. We needed to defend against tyrants that will take over our government about every 20 years. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's what's happening right now. And, you know, I mean, let's be realistic about this. Thing. You know that. You know. I mean, Biden, the guy, it's almost elder abuse. If he wasn't such a crook, I'd almost feel bad for him. I mean, he, the guy literally crapped his pants at the Vatican. Uh, he doesn't know where he's at half the time. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's not running the show. But the people that are running the show, Obama, the globalists, all the people who they, you know, they put their little stooges in the White House, those people have, they've got nothing but disdain for the freedom that we have enjoyed as Americans, and they're trying to eliminate it. You know, I mean, so... You, you're destroying our kids, which is the, both the short-term and the long-term investment. Because remember, you know, along with all the direct war, we also have the fact that they're teaching all of your kids, all of my our kids, to grow up to be crazy little leftists. I mean, you know, you can't send a kid to college; it's the best way to uh, to ruin their their thought processes. Um, and so. You know, the kids are happening. But in the meantime, there's also the direct attacks on what we have as adults right now. Uh, I think the currency thing, you know, I don't think people realize how badly it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit us when the currency collapse, the food shortage, and the energy shortage are all hitting us at the same time, along with whatever new variant and public health crisis they want to claim is going on. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's... You know, and we haven't even hit the stock market. We haven't touched on um, we haven't touched on anything uh, economic here, other than yeah. uh, lack of energy. I mean, but if you look at, I mean, I don't know if you saw this yesterday or not. First of all, they've been saying uh, Putin, Putin, Putin for inflation. He's the reason the economy's bad. No, it was corporate uh. greed. No, 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 it's consumer greed. And and now Janet Yellen who is the head of the Fed, the Secretary of the Treasury, and she comes out and says, yeah, we made a mistake. We didn't understand the relationship between inflation and the supply chain. Wait a minute. You're basically saying you don't understand supply and demand. That's what she said yesterday. She came out and said, and and I'll pretty close to a quote, we didn't understand the relationship between the supply chain and inflation. So in other words, if you're not getting goods to market, what's going to happen to the prices of what you do have there? They're going to escalate. Uh, and she said we didn't well, understand that, and yet she was the head of the Federal Reserve. Well, you throw in with that the fact that, meanwhile, you know, first of all, th- that's intentional. We've been offshoring everything. All of our manufacturing has been, uh, there's been a concerted effort to move every bit of manufacturing offshore for the last 40 years. I mean, we produce almost nothing in this country. We've got a few great manufacturing plants still here. But compared to what we used to be, it's an embarrassment. So we're dependent on all these countries like China that hate us. Why we would ever offshore everything to China of all places is beyond me. But, you know, in addition to all of these issues with the supply chain, and by the way, when we talk about supply chain, why did we offshore everything? So you would think, well, 
isn't it more expensive to make it and then ship it all the way back to the U.S.? Yes, it is, except for one thing. Our regulatory structure is so burdensome that it's actually cheaper to ship the materials, get them in some other country, put them together in some other country, and then ship them here than to deal with Biden's EPA, uh, you know, or pick your regulatory, uh, you know, alphabet soup or agency. We've regulated ourselves out of production. And then the other aspect of this financial, you know, along with the supply chain, is apparently, you know, she must have missed something about, you know, when you keep printing money, the money's worth less, right? I mean, we spent the, the Ukraine, the $40 billion with a B to Ukraine is just, just a shock to me because that $40 billion, first of all, went to a group of people who I just posted we had some stuff, you know, I mean, they've got a whole Nazi regiment over there. They've got a whole huge Nazi presence. Yet these are the guys we're supporting. These crooks over there are, are getting 40 billion of our dollars that we don't have. So that means we printed 40 billion dollars that we didn't have, which devalued our dollars. So now we, the American people, have to work twice as hard to pay back those devalued dollars so that we can give this to a group of Nazi-loving monsters in a way it provides no benefit to the United States. None of this makes any sense unless you hate America. Well, this is a challenge I put to liberals when I talk to them. I was on a liberal talk show, and they brought me on to attack me. And they were kind of upset because I I really wouldn't fight back. They would say, Trump this, Trump that, uh, Trump supporters are the worst uh, domestic terrorists ever. And I said, well, you're quoting Joe Biden. I said, let me ask you a question. Can you please tell me what Biden has done to improve Americans' life? And I couldn't get an answer. I could not get an answer from them, from this this host. He would not answer me. And I said, we could spend our rest of our 20 minutes together with me asking the same question 20 more times. What has he done? And he said, well, he got rid of Trump. I says, no, the voter fraud got rid of Trump. (laughs) That sent him off the edge. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) But I said to him, I said, so tell me how double-digit inflation is, uh, and he wanted to argue on this point. And I said, wait, wait a minute, what do you mean there's not double-digit inflation? He goes, no, it's 8.5%. And I said, yeah, if you don't count gas and food, like we don't have to drive to work or eat. So I said, yeah. we'll include those factors at 17%. So tell me how the Democrats are better off with this. How's the black families that you say you represent in the Democratic Party, how are they better off? This guy could not answer one of my questions. I probably went through about five to six, seven items, and he couldn't answer one. Not one Democrat can answer a question, what has Biden done? So are you in agreement with me? that this is the intentional dismantling of America to tear it down, to hand us off to the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization? 100%. This is exactly, I mean, you know, Klaus Schwab's great reset. I mean, this is exactly what these guys said they wanted to do. Now, 
they wanted to destroy us to build us back better, right? I mean, that's what they that's what it, their words, not ours. And they're doing it. And you got to understand, so how does the guy who's fighting COVID stuff end up where I'm at right now? How does that happen? Well, because look, we start out and you got a guy, me, I'm skeptical. Yeah, this conspiracy theory stuff, this and other, well, you know, whatever. I got to have some evidence. But the problem is, is I start collecting evidence. And I'm not, I I may be skeptical, but I'm not close-minded. And so I collect more evidence, and I collect more. And what I find out is that as I'm collecting this evidence, I start seeing patterns emerge, right? So you, you start seeing these patterns, okay? So COVID was fraud. Here's how they covered up. Here's what they did to cover up. Here's what they did here. Here's what they did there. Okay. Well, you know, then I'm looking and I'm saying, well, you know, I I know Mike Flynn. I know all these guys. They're talking about the election. I know Dave Hodges. But, yeah, they're talking about the election. You know, it's, what's, what's going on with that? So I started doing research there. Same tools, same mechanisms, same approaches. It's a different field. But it's the same stuff by the same people using the same strategies, right? It worked well in one, you were using it elsewhere. So, you know, then I start using I said, well, that's twice, right? So then you start looking more. And so what I've seen is everywhere I look in each one of these areas, energy, currency, inflation, kids, it doesn't matter. Pick your thing. The, the recipe is always the same. The approach is always the same. And when you start digging for evidence, you keep finding that it's always coming from the same people. So what I've, what I've concluded is that, you know, while I haven't fully pulled a piece of paper on every single one of these fights, I've pulled so much evidence on so many fights and found so frequently that it's identical that I'd be a fool not to recognize the pattern and not to see what's going on and to see that this really is about how do you bring America to her knees? How do you take the most powerful nation in the world and bring it down to size so that you can take it over and control it? How do you convince people who are the most well-armed and you know best patriotic people in the world, how do you convince them to give up the things that make America what America is? Yeah, so, and, and that's what I've found, and that's what I keep finding. And so we, you are dead on. This is intentional destruction of America. Can you imagine? You mentioned your dad. I think of my grandparents. My, you know, if uh, if if they woke up, you know, crawled out of their grave tomorrow and looked around, and I think they'd just jump back in. I'd be like, forget it. I don't even want to be here. It's absolute, it's everything that, that, you know, our grandparents fought against in World War II. It, it is an unbelievable thing. And the important, the most important thing we can do right now is to wake people up to this and help them to understand that this is intentional because at this point, the attacks are so deep and so broad that the, the single most important thing we can do 
is to get as many people as humanly possible involved in the countermeasures. But uh, what would those countermeasures be? Well, the first step, the first step is uh, the Great Awakening. You know, Clay Clark's got his Reawakening Tour. That's a very appropriate name. Uh, you can't deal with the problem if you don't recognize it. You know, the first step to recovery type thing. Well, I would say that we've done a good job on that. So I would say you've got probably between 25 and 35% of the people in this country are awake uh, to some sub- substantive level. How many do you think? I would say that you have only probably 10 to 15% that are totally unconscious. So I think we're ahead on that by a fair bit. Well, how ma- I'm sorry, but how many do you think? I'm sorry, Tom. How many do you think are awake and know what's going on? I would put the number between 25 and 35 percent that are, you know, and and obviously the more awake, the lower the number. But I would say that I put about 25 to 35 percent of the people in the the generally awake category. They may not know all the details, but they know there's something going on. They know, you know, they're starting to smell the COVID BS. They're starting to smell. You know, the, the, yeah, every, seriously, Biden's going to tell me that uh, he didn't know closing the baby food factory, the main baby food producing factory in the United States, would cause a shortage. You really want us to believe that he didn't know that? Seriously? So I think people are starting to wake up to some of this and saying, yeah, uh, it stinks. I think that I would say probably in that 25 to 35 are generally awake, I would say. But I, I think the biggest category remains the people who are just they're, they're oblivious, not not the people who are told. The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow. For example, they've got half off my pillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. You know, psychotic Democrat leftist crazies, I think that's probably 10, 15%. But the people who are just unsure, they're, 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 they're just somewhere in that I don't know spectrum, right? Well, my personal feeling on this is that um, I think you're probably right. I kind of layer it a little bit more, though. I think 25% are really solidly, they have a good understanding, not a great understanding. And not like you and I who work in this, but they understand. Uh, I think there's another 25% that are really unhappy and motivated to do something politically and still believe in the system. That they're not fully yeah. convinced that your elections can be stolen in a moment's notice. Uh, and so half the country's pissed, but here's what we're finding. We're finding about 80% of the people polled and about 70 to 80% of the electorate right now and today seem to be poised to throw off the ruling party. Those are phenomenal numbers. I've never seen those oh, yeah. numbers. I'll give you an example. Lee Zeldin in New York, New York of all places, 
running against this crazy lunatic that took over for Cuomo who wants to hire people to police you on social media and then report yeah. you. Uh, he's leading her by 23 points in New York. Yeah. And well, Liz, I agree Liz Cheney's losing in the polls to a first-time political opponent in her race by uh, 30 points. Listen, the people are mad. Now, that doesn't mean they're all awake, but they just feel they're not happy, some of them. Now, but the problem is, though, David, is it leads back to that war and how comprehensive it was. One of my greatest concerns right now is this. They're awake in the sense that they don't believe that what's happening is good. But what are they going to do to ensure that what happen, does happen isn't bad? And what I mean by that is we just, you know, at this point, if you don't think that there were some issues in the 2020 election, I mean, I, you're, you're beyond hope. But the thing about that is, is do you really think we've fixed them since 2020? And the answer is no. no not at all. Now, now, I think that they're going to have a hard time pulling fraud off if it, to the extent they did in 2020, because there are a lot of people awake. And if there isn't a massive, massive red wave, they're, you know, those people who are awake are going to, you know, they're going to have a conniption and a lot more will wake up. That said, who's going to win? Now, we just saw Kemp and Raffensperger in Georgia, uh, you know, get the nomination again. Does anybody like them? No. I mean, of all people, those two? No. But they got, they, they got the nomination handling. I mean, you know, in Ohio, we got DeWine. The biggest sellout in the country? I mean, you know, he won it handily? Now, listen, I'm not saying that that's entirely voter fraud, but there certainly seems to be some issues in the, in the elections. And the thing about this is, and the thing that we really have to chat, ask ourselves, is remember, the war on freedom is comprehensive, and if you can't have a free election, what's that mean? You know, I mean, giving us a token number of people who will speak out doesn't mean that we, we've won anything. So, you know, we've really got to triple down on, on these elections and cleaning those up because, you know, I mean, that's just, there's got to be transparency. And it's, it, it's such an easy, it's such an easy fight to argue, right? You know, you you don't need to say Trump won. He did, but the, you don't even need to go there. You can just say, listen, if you got an issue, if you you believe that your elections are free and fair, then what's wrong with transparency? Why do you oppose us looking at these things? Why do you oppose us? Uh, you know, you tell me these machines are secure. Let's open them up. Why 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 do you oppose that? The arguments are so easy on this, you know, you just have to have someone make them. But, you know, yeah. who's going to do it? The Republicrats? You know, I've, um, I've been an outspoken critic of the election here in Maricopa County where I reside in the rural area. And uh, I'll just give you one small example. The routers that govern the voting machines. Yeah. Number one, violation of law. 
the election officials did not have the election codes that night, so they had no control over the machines, no supervisory capabilities required by state law. Dominion was given uh, access to the, some of the election headquarters, and they had, I was told, their own Internet. This is just what was reported to me. But let me tell you what the ridiculous part is. Dominion may be completely innocent, but the supervisors, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, refused to surrender the routers on two court orders to do so, so they could be analyzed. You could tell, you know, who counted the votes and where they were at. And here was the excuse they used. This, Tom, this is unbelievable. They said, well, they brought in the sheriff, who was supported by George Soros, $2 million to defeat George, uh, Joe Arpaio. And he stands up at a press conference and he says, well, they gave me the election codes for safekeeping. Well, first of all, that's not what the law says you should do. Secondly, he said, we can't open up the routers because they contain past police cases that will compromise officers. So you're telling me in an election, in a county that has 4.5 million people for a presidential election, they utilized used routers? This isn't even believable. No, I, I mean, this is that's just, uh, you know, that's just an outright lie and it's insanity. And it doesn't even make sense. No, I mean, it literally doesn't even make sense. Well, like I said with Janet Yellen, supply and demand and inflation. I don't understand the relationship. They, they, they just right now just speak gibberish in response to being challenged. By the way, the evidence from the audit, which was led by, in my humble opinion, a sellout. I think she's a criminal as well. And that's my opinion. And um, the audit uh, information, the evidence was ordered to be open. The attorney general got involved. He's now running for the Senate. And and he, he said, uh, yeah, you have to do this or we'll take away all your state funds to the county. And then two weeks later, he declared the election to be over. No evidence was given away. And then they gave the evidence to some guy named John Shattuck, who is John McCain's best friend, and he gets to decide what the public sees. And see, it's not so much that people need to care about the Maricopa County audit as much as how these people think they're above the law and you have not a right to know anything, see anything, shut up, peasant, get in line. That's exactly right. So, I mean, look at what happened in Missouri. I don't know if you followed this one, Dave, but uh, Missouri, in one of the elections there, the judges had some concerns that the voting machines were letting people vote more than once. So the, the election judges got together as a group and decided that they were going to have one of them try and vote again just to see whether it works. So essentially what they said was, hey, we're election judges. Let's judge and see whether the election's being ran fairly. So they did, and they found out, yep, we can vote more, more times than once, right? So the machines were failing. The machines failed. They called the police. They reported this. Do you know what the clerk of elections did in that county? What? He reported the election judges for, for violating law for, for, for checking the machine. Now, mind you, they all did it. They, they were all there. They were all in agreement. It was bipartisan. He tried to file a, a, a complaint against this guy for checking the machine. Yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? And my understanding is, I'm not sure, I believe this is St. Charles County in Minnesota, uh, Missouri, 
I believe that then the prosecutor said, no, we're not pushing charges on this. It's ridiculous. And I believe that now this this election board buffoon is talking about, well, maybe we need to find if they'll do federal charges. Are you kidding me? So do you want these guys? Apparently his position is on elections that uh, you should you, you can go ahead and be an election judge, but what that actually means is that you don't do anything because you're not allowed to actually do anything to determine whether the elections are fair. Just trust those machines. They're doing their job. You know, I mean, it's unbelievable here. I know. So let's go back to my original question. Um, we have this awareness. Most people, I, I spoke at the Tea Party on this very topic, and I, I thought I would get some pushback, and I got no pushback. I got nothing but support. I thought the uh, leaders who were sponsoring, well, we'll never have him back again. He's calling out all the people to come and speak to us. And um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be invited back. So now that there's all this awareness and acceptance, what the hell do we get people to do? What what should we be focusing them towards? Okay, so we have to we have to look at what they're doing. The other side is doing, and we have to undo it. Okay, so you, you, sometimes you don't you improve the wheel, but there's no you don't necessarily need to reinvent it, right? So rules for radicals, Saul Alinsky. You know, you look at all these different things. The one thing that you can you can count on is evil monsters love to talk about their plans. I mean, they 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 just. I mean, it's like a joke in the movies. The bad guys always got to talk about his plans. That's why you you know we just had Davos last week. They're telling us everything they want to do. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, so we look at what they've done. We say, okay, what's worked, what hasn't worked, and how can we do it in an ethical way for goodness rather than evil. So the first step is is awareness, and we're nowhere near where we need to be, right? So, um, I uh, I made a snarky and sarcastic comment on Getter. Of all of all places, right? Um, where you know people are are clearly on our side generally, and someone told me where to go because they thought, for some reason, that I was uh, a fan of the CDC of all places. I mean, I, I think anybody that's ever heard me speak knows that uh, <laughs> me and the CDC don't see eye to eye. That's a nigger um, comment. That's totally nigger. Well, it was, but it's reality, right? And and that's okay because I'm not a big deal. It's not that you should know me, but the the point is though is that we have too many on our side that don't know what we're doing. There's too many people that don't know. You know, Trump has I think three three and a half million followers on True Social. He had 84 million people that voted for him. That means there's 81 million people not hearing what he's saying. You know, we need to have a lot, lot, lot more people listening. So when we say we've got the awareness thing, I agree with you. We've made an incredible impact in terms of raising awareness. But we have a long ways to go. So we've got to continue building that. And I think that part of that is, you know, getting our people to do, you know, there is no greater strategist than the guy who wrote the Bible, right? I mean, it doesn't get better than that. No, I agree. And Christ, Christ 
gave us the tools. How, what do you do? You evangelize. Well, we're evangelizing for his message. Now, you know, when people think of evangelizing, they think you're out preaching, you know, repent, repent, repent. And that's true, and we always want to preach, preach the good word, but we also have to evangelize. It doesn't, it, it, the, the concept of evangelization and, and educating people, it needs to be broadened. I mean, we need to do, we need to say, listen, you know, our base's under attack. Our country's under attack. We gotta educate, we gotta talk, we gotta communicate. So, I think we use that evangelization process, getting people talking about what's happening, getting it out there on a far greater scale, and then we have to get them to take action. What's that mean, right? Well, listen, for some people, the most you're gonna get out of them is to follow you on True Social. Um, I'm at Tom Runs. Follow me, please. Subscribe to my Substack. We talked about that here. And maybe that's all you get. That's a step. Then we say, but you know, maybe you can not only follow, but maybe you can share, right? So, so you're following, you're following, you know, the Dave Hodges show here on, on you know, True Social, your, your, and your, your platforms. Um, how about you share it to the people that you know? How about you share it to other people, right? Um, how about you put it out there? How about you do a little bit of that? Maybe you only share it to your friends. So, so it's it's baby steps, right? And then you move on. Okay, so you know what you've been you've been reading this Renz's crap for for you know however long, and been listening to Hodges for all this time, and you know I I really yeah I hear their arguments. They you know they make sense. Yeah, I I feel pretty strongly. And when you talk to your family, you you know you 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 adopt these arguments and you use them as you speak. Well, the next step then is you know what, use these arguments against people who you know aren't sure, or maybe they disagree with you. It doesn't mean you go out and fight. It just means that you you stand your ground and you don't be afraid to to say what you think or say what you believe. And what we're doing is we're creating a continuum where people go from. Uh, you know, maybe I agree with you, but nobody knows it, to, you know what, I'm out being an evangelist. I'm out preaching the good word, right? That's a critical thing. So that I think that when we start talking about things that have to be done, we have to do that because ultimately the one thing that everybody needs to understand is that tyranny is nothing more than illusion. Tyranny is always some guy or some group of guys sitting around and convincing everybody that they got to listen to them. Even though the power is always with the numbers, right? We the people always have the power. So so we, we can shatter that illusion and, you know, get people awake. The other thing we've got to do is we've got to get people to, we've got to get our hardcore activists going, right? So if you heard the Prada principle, you know, 20% uh, 20 of the people do 80% of the work? Yes, yeah, right. Okay, so those 20%, we got to support them and back them and do whatever we can do to, to help them to, to do what they're going to do, right? The guys who are on the front line, who are doing what, what they can to promote stuff, we've got we've got to help them. We've got to back them. We've got to share their word. You've got to, you know, support them, send them, send them donations. Mike Flynn is out there fighting. That guy is on a plane every day fighting for freedom somewhere, you know, so the, Dave, you're on here every day. They need to make sure more people are listening and supporting your sponsors. We've got to have stuff like that. 
those are the wheels that keep the things moving because those people that are fighting they're fighting hard they've got to have support so we've got to get that we also have to recruit more people into that 20 percent so who else is willing to be a fighter right and the the single most common thing that i hear is yeah but what can i do you know like like and it, it, it just I always shake when I hear that on the inside a little bit because it's like, wait a second. You know, especially when people say it to me, of all people. Because it's like, I mean, Dave, we've talked about my story. I'm a nobody from a little town. If anybody is the example of demonstrating that you don't have to be a big shot to do something, it's me. Yeah, I I would agree. You, You came out of nowhere to have a place of prominence. I totally agree. How do you think you accomplish that? I mean, you're an attorney, and that gives you some advantages, but that doesn't explain how wide you've gone. No, that's it, it, not it. I use so first is God. I always credit to God first, but I think that's a super important question because I want people on our side to replicate it. Right? You have to take you have to take what you do, and you have to commit to it. Now, I don't care how you do this. Um, you could be an artist, you could be a speaker, you could be an attorney, you could be a doctor. It doesn't matter what you are. You figure out what your tool is for fighting, right? So you think of this like uh, our infantrymen in the military. Some people carry the big heavy machine guns. Some people are fast, nimble, and you know, moving around quickly. Some of the snipers. you got all sorts of different roles in the infantry. But they're all fighting, and they're all succeeding in one way or another. How do you succeed? Well, you take what you do and you do it well, right? So maybe you're a great communicator. So you start, you start speaking, you start talking. But whatever you do, you've got to commit to it fully, right? I mean, you know, when I, when I decided that I was going to start doing this and I did my, you know, I started doing my cases. First thing I did is I got to get this first case filed, right? And I'm putting this together, and I'm looking at it, and that first case that we filed was over 700 pages. I didn't have a whole lot of people helping me write that, right? I mean, I was lone wolf at that time. I had another attorney that was helping me a little bit, but I did the writing. And uh, it, it was, and he, I mean, he was a great, great friend and a huge help, but, yeah, 700 pages. You look at that. You're like, man, that's a monumental task. What do you do? Well, you do it. You quit whining about it. You don't think about how big the task is. You just do it, and it starts with a step. First, you write a paragraph. Then you write two paragraphs. Then you write a page. Then five pages. And it grows. You've got to go, and you can't look at this and say it's too big. Every journey starts with a small step. So you've got to do something. So, you know, maybe... Your skill set, you know, okay, um, I think that, you know, maybe I'm going to run for school board. I'd like to be, I'd like to be governor someday. Yeah, I'm going to start out with school board, right? I'm going to, I'm going to start out with school board. And how am I going to do that? Well, you know what? I'm going to start telling people, hey, you know, I'm thinking about running for school board and I'm going to be educated. So when I tell them that, I'm going to tell them, you know, hey, here's the things that are happening in our school and I think we can do it better. And did you know this? And did you know that? So, you know, all I did was work my butt off, commit wholly, and pray a lot. That's the secret. 
you know, but most people, they don't want to put the work in or the effort in. The only difference between people who succeed on, on some sort of a large scale and those that don't is just whether they're willing to commit to it, I think. Yeah, that's true. And I don't think you have to run for office, but that's one way of doing it. And school board is really pretty easy. <laughs> Although, yeah. in places like Loudoun County, it's more high profile and will take some money. But in most communities, it won't. I totally agree with what you're saying. But you have to respond to the challenge. You know, here's what I found, and it's true for me. I grew up with a dad that was naval intelligence, really knew a lot of stuff, told me a lot of stuff he did before he passed. And I thought, okay, that's nice. I knew all these things. I, I knew about the secret cabals and so forth. I knew about globalists, the Trilateral Commission. But I didn't care. I was living my life. I was teaching. I was coaching college basketball until John right. McCain tried to steal my land from me. And that got me going. And what I think we really need to do, Tom, because I'm living proof of this, is if you can personalize the challenge to people's lives, you might motivate them to act. And that's the key. I agree with you. And that's why, you know, when people say, well, what can I do? Is, and they ask me that as though I know them. You know, you get someone on on Truth or wherever says, what can I do? Well, I have never even met you. I don't know what you can do. You can do something, though. You know, get share the message on Truth. Everybody can do that. But but you're right. Personalizing it is where where you really get that success. And that's why I said you start out, you pray, you figure out what you're good at, and you figure out where there's a need, right? You take what you're good at and you fill the need. So, you know, I, I mentioned running for school board, but it doesn't have to be elections. You know, it can be fighting for, you know, zoning reform. You know, someone's trying to steal your property, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, it can be... It can be uh, you know, getting diehard active in, you know, Rifle and Pistol Association or the NRA. You know, it can be running for office. It can be, you know, just starting a community group. It, you know, I mean, teaching, doing a community garden. I mean, start your own community garden so that you can, you know, maybe there's some food this fall. You know, I mean, it doesn't really, what you do, is very much dependent on you, but you have to find the you that you can use, the need that there is, and take that you and fill that need. Uh, but it always starts with doing something, you know. And uh, I, you know, my experience is really that once, you, as long as you're willing to start doing something, it will eventually morph into what it needs to be. Yeah, that's right. It's just like exercise. Just get moving, and then the rest will kind of fall into shape. Yep. I totally yep. agree. I totally agree with what you're saying. And it just, but, you know, it's like our people suffer from analysis paralysis. I'll have, I'll explain to groups what's going on. And I'm thinking, they got it. They ask the right questions and then nothing comes out of it. And I see that time and time again. Tom, in the time we have left, uh, tell people how they can follow your good work. Well, like I said, we're doing true social now and I'm trying to, I'm trying to grow that. Uh, we're, by the way, I'm using that. I'm, I've mentioned the, the the real president more than a few times on there, you know, that we really need him to speak out on these jabs. So, you know, follow us on Truth Social. Please subscribe to the Substack. We need that to grow. We need we need hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people to hear what we're saying on that. Okay. Um, we need to get, uh, follow us at rems-law.com. I've got links to the Substack. You can always give to us on Give, Send, Go. But Start out with a prayer, and second, 
support Dave. Support this show. Support anyone that is fighting. We've got to get active. I want to encourage people to get involved. You know, we start this show and we talk about the war in America. We spend a lot of time talking about all the bad things. Right. Let's end it with the hope that there is, because if we get together, if we start acting in concert, if we start working together and actually doing something, we win this because we're the majority. You're right. And, Tom, on that note, we got to close. We're over time, but, hey, good stuff. We so appreciate you being generous with your time. Thanks so much, Tom. Thanks, Dave. Take care.